for the Arrowhead Pride. This is the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Call us at 913-576-7610 or tweet us at 610 Sports KC using hashtag AP610. Here's Mike Wicketts and Editor-in-Chief at ArrowheadPride.com, Pete Sweeney. It is a final from Chicago. Bears over the Chiefs, 27-20. Phone lines are open for you to react to the dress rehearsal for your Kansas City Chiefs, in which they lose. 913-576-7610. Again, 913-576-7610. Or shoot us a text along the Pepper Jacks Grill famous Philly text line, 69306. Ken Swanson alongside as well from arrowheadpride.com. At halftime, we were taking your calls. It seemed like it was scorched earth time for the Kansas City Chiefs because the Bears were playing second and third string guys. They didn't they didn't play any starters in this game. Uh second half I'm not going to lie. It was a boring ass second half. Uh Pete Sweeney, your thoughts are, uh, out of the gate here as we uh open up the phone lines again 5767610. I think the thing people are going to be talking about you try to gauge these things based upon the pulse of the city and Twitter and just watching a lot of these games over the past five years, the number one thing is going to be this first-team pass defense against the Bears' second team. It wasn't Mitch Trubisky. It wasn't some of these star receivers for the Bears. It was Chase Daniel and Tyler Bray and just a hodgepodge of guys that defeated what could be the first-team defense. A lot of people will say, again, Eric Berry wasn't on the field he might not be there. I mean, the thing I, I know that there it's out there. Oh, he's going to be fine. He'll be, you know, he'll be back in a few days. To me, this was the final dress rehearsal, and I understand he knows the defense, but this could be the team. That's one thing Bob Sutton said this week. The team is the team. So sometimes there's going to be injuries, and these guys are going to have to play. And guess what? This team, if they have that secondary and play like that, they will not, a hundred percent, not make the postseason. Yeah, and I don't think Eric Berry's really helping on a double move by Kevin White uh, that David Amerson bid, or that Orlando Skandrick bid on, and then, you know, David Amerson, you know, getting run away on a crosser. I mean, Eric Berry's not helping that. They have some serious issues that they need to take a look at. You're hoping you can get some productivity out of the depth of veteran players that you have at the cornerback position, but it was a very bad look for the two most recent additions to the cornerback position. Where does the blame lie? Because, you know, we're going to take calls and they'll talk about it on your website and you guys will write stories and you guys will have your opinions and they'll do it here on 610 all week. I mean, we're, break up the, the, the blame pie for me because Sutton's going to get his share from the fans. Veach is going to get his share from the fans. The players surely have to get their share. Some dumb luck because of the injury to what uh, Eric Berry. I mean, this was the second string Bears. This was the backup Bears that just, for the most part, beat up the number one Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and I think if you want to take the positive thing out of this, it's that it was practice and doesn't count, and there's tape now that you could look at. I just don't think you can come out of this game and feel comfortable against what will be Phillip Rivers and Keenan Allen. Like, if that's what Chase Daniel did to you today, what do you think Phillip Rivers is going to do? Or Big Ben week two. And and is there blame? Yeah, I mean, 
this is I, I made the point during the halftime and I'm just gonna bring it back up again. I've been saying all offseason that this Marcus Peters thing is gonna creep back in. And I get he's not on, on the team anymore, and I understand there's a lot of people who want to move on from Peters. But you had a chance to have Kendall Fuller, who's been world class since he's got here, and Marcus Peters, who Let's just take all of the crap aside, is also a world-class player, is a former pro bowler, all pro. And that, those could have been your cornerbacks. And instead you're dealing, because of the Nelson injury, and this would be the regular season too, concussions happen in the regular season, with either Orlando Skandrick or David Amerson. I don't care what the politics are behind it. It's just unacceptable. You can't trade away Marcus Peters for nothing and have no ample replacement. And that, to me is on Brett Veach. And if this team goes to L.A. and we see the same thing we saw today, they're, they're going to get blown out. They're drooling in L.A. The fans are drooling. for If they're, if they're watching this and taking anything from this, Kent, they are drooling. Phil Rivers is sitting like, yeah, buddy, bring this on. That was the dress rehearsal against Chase Daniel. Really? Yeah, and they've got a lot of weapons. It's not just Keenan Allen. They've got a diverse group of, of personnel over in L.A., and they – they are well positioned to be able to pick on the lack of depth that the cornerback position for the Chiefs. Now, one of the things that uh, I, I I learned the game from uh, former Chief quarterback Jonathan Quinn, and he used to talk about in the NFL the biggest uh, the, the the thing that chief that deep offenses are trying to exploit against defenses are when there is injuries. Your third corner becomes your f- second corner. Your fourth corner becomes your third corner. The Chiefs are in a position right now where. Their depth is getting tested already before the season has even started. Yeah, usually your depth gets tested by the time you get to October. Right. We're and, in August. And it, my, my biggest point, too, I, one of the bigger points of the, pre, the pregame that we went back and forth was, is you spent all this money on Sammy Watkins, and you're, second, you're, you're, you're stuck with David Amerson and Orlando Skandrick and Arian Springs, who isn't ready. Whose fault is that? That's... Veach, I that's that could wind up being a very glaring weakness for the Chiefs and a very glaring issue for Brett Veach. I expected when we saw the lack of investment at the cornerback position uh, during free agency that the Chiefs were going to make a push in the draft to take a cornerback early. It was a very logical thought process with that. You know, you expect maybe they take a look in the second round. I could have I could have made an argument that corner was the first uh, position that they should have taken in that draft last year and they waited until the sixth round now Tremont Smith looked good but you are not really wanting to lean on him so early you know right now and I get there's going to be different aspects to the Peters thing and and the 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 fact of the matter is it was irresponsible I'm not saying have whatever reasons that you want to trade him I I don't think everything is completely out I I do think that he he might have been a problem for players in the locker room I do think there was aspects of the protest to it Whatever reason it was, it was so irresponsible to trade him away with no answer still here. That's the irresponsible part. Okay, you want to trade a guy away. I mean, we've seen Terrell Owens towards the end of his career bounce from team to team. Okay, you can trade a star player. I get that. Where you're wrong and where the fault is, is you had no plan after that. You had no plan, and you had all offseason to figure it out, and you spent money on Sammy Watkins, who, by the way, again didn't look good. Got you one catch, 15 yards. On four targets. Four targets. Who, by the way, again, didn't look good in the dress rehearsal. So, to me, that's what scares me because Mahomes looks okay. Offense looks like it's going to be at best, or I'm sorry, not at best, at least, I should say. Offense looks to me like it's going to be at least okay, at least pretty good. Serviceable. At worst. 
And with a bad defense, you're going to be 8-8 eight and eight or worse. It's just how it's going to go because Mahomes isn't going to score 35 points a game with this offense. I think we're seeing that. 5-7-6, 7-6-10. Lines are open. What do you think? Where does the blame lie? How much of this is on Veach? What did you see? Because this was it. Like, I, if they played against a team who's also in their dress rehearsal, and looked like this, I'd be like, eh, okay, it's fine. I get it. Like, let's say this was, you know, Chicago's ones playing two quarters and some change. I'd feel like, all right, fine, eight and eight, nine and seven, you know, Mahomes' first year starting, whatever. I mean, Mahomes looked good today. He looked great. Who's just playing against guys that are going to be bagging groceries? This defense looked terrible against guys who are going to be bagging groceries and Chase Daniel. Like, to, I don't. This is infuriating if you're a Chiefs fan to watch this because you're in in theater terms, your dress rehearsal is everybody on their game, know your lines, know your timing, know your places, this is where you stand, let's run through, and let's make this as good as we can before opening night. If that was it, you better be looking at top five, top six, seven in the draft. We said coming into this game it was lose-lose because if the Chiefs dominated, you were just going to feel okay about it because of the Bears, Bears uh, twos going and if they ended up losing you'd be mm. really upset about it and the worst happened the worst possible thing that for this team today happened and with Andy Reid and he's so um he's so insistent of, of his routine and what he's been doing over the past 20 years and and to his credit he makes the playoffs nearly every year so I, I can't I can't kill him for that but this is the last chance you're going to have for the first team defense if he sticks to that routine that he uses until week one and I don't know I would say maybe consider changing that because they almost need to go back out there on Thursday night and I think put their best foot forward and feel good about it. Like, do you, do you want to end the preseason on that and go into LA and that feel like you, and feel like you have a chance? That was it. Because I, I just don't. I just don't. I'm about as interested in what Andy Reid has to say as I have been for the entire training camp. Not even like I'm more interested right now to see what he has Can to say. Can I tell say. you what he's going to say? Write it down. I have to put my guys in better position. I I mean they're they're the Andy Reid isms are abundant and that's why players love playing for him to 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 his side of this because he's never going to uh, ring a guy out. I'm sure in the locker room the conversation is going to be much different. I'm sure the conversation with Bob Sutton is going to be much different, but he's going to come out there today and he's going to be all downtrodden. He's going to try to Shift the focus to the positives, which there were some positives with the offense. You had that nice tweet about Mahomes about the um, yards per attempt being really, really good today. There were some slight things you can, and that's what he'll focus on. There's not going to be any ringing out David Emerson and, you know, maybe made a mistake. He's not one for press conference bombs, and you're not going to see that today. Let's go to the phones. 576-7610. If you're a Chiefs fan and you watched that one today and you've seen this team now in three preseason games and today's dress rehearsal against Scrubs because the Bears had theirs last week and they still beat the Chiefs. Five seven six seven six ten. Let's go out to Wichita. Talk to Zach first up. Go ahead, Zach. Thanks for calling, man. Hey guys, thanks for having me on. Got it. Uh, when you guys were talking about you know who to pass the blame on uh, about this secondary and this defense looking just like hot garbage, I think um, more or less. I mean, I don't think it's fair to put the blame on Beach. I think it's easy to put the blame on Clark Hunt. I mean, let's be honest here. I mean, Beach is kind of you know the the yes man too you know, Andy Reed. And let's be honest here. I mean, Clark Hunt, you know, Peter's pretty much embarrassed, you know, the Hunt family. And so I think that was just, you know, the beach was the sacrificial lamb, I would say. So I think when it comes to that Peter situation, I think that uh, Clark Hunt is the one to blame here. 
And that's where, what the uh, the Chiefs are paying for now is the mistake of Hunt? Yes, I agree. Right. Thanks for the phone call, Zach. We appreciate it, man. See, I, I, I can agree with that. I, I think here, here's what it is. To compare it to our own lives, we're forced to do things by our bosses each and every day, right? You may not like it. Joel is my boss now. He'll say sometimes things, hey, push this on social media. I don't really love the idea, but you know what? He's my boss. I'm going to do it. But guess what? I'm still making the best of the situation. Clark Hunt may have called Brett Veach and Andy Reid in the office and says, I'm not going to pay this guy. we got to get rid of him. You had all offseason to figure it out, and you gave Sammy Watkins $30 million guaranteed. That's what's on Veach. Our bosses force, he owns the team. Bosses force people, and not to say that it's right or wrong, but that was the decision made. You also got a bag of footballs for one of the league's best defensive backs. You have a second rounder. I mean, but it's, it'll be interesting to see what that second rounder turns into. It'll be eventually. the most followed second rounder in Chiefs history. <laughs> better be a corner. <laughs> or better be part of a trade up for a corner. Uh, let's go to Chris in Kansas City. You're on uh, 610 Sports Radio. What's up, Chris? Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. You got it. Um, I was working all day today, so I really didn't get to see who exactly on the defense was sitting out outside of Eric Berry. But, I mean, if Eric Berry's in there with the extra help from the guys that weren't playing, that front D is going to look a lot better, not to mention the back D. That's all I wanted to say, guys. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. I've actually got a few thoughts on that. And I don't want to talk – I'm not trying to talk people off the ledge right now because I do think there is some reason to have some nerves and some anxiety about what you saw on the field. But a little levity to the situation. Chris Jones barely played. Eric Berry didn't play. Steven Nelson didn't play. Alan Bailey didn't play. Xavier Williams didn't play. That's a lot of talent that did not get on the field today. Give me those names again. You got Chris Jones barely playing. Eric Berry off. Nelson off. Bailey off. uh, Alan Bailey off. And Xavier Williams. So you've lost. You got two, actually, really three key pieces on the defensive line. One player in the secondary, or two players in the secondary, and one of them being the best, one of the best safeties in football. See, you sound to me like a Bob Sutton apologist right now. All right, because <laughs> la- last week it was, well, the defense sucked, but they'll be fine if you add Reggie Ragland and you add in Hitchens. All right, so they both played. Ragland looked fat and slow, and Hitchens was meh. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, the, and the defense gave up. Well, let me let me just read you Chase Daniels. Chase Daniels' no, stat line, da- all right? Daniel. Ch- Mr. Singular Daniel, right, but yes. But Chase Daniels' stat line. Oh, yes, yes, yes. The possessive <laughs> of the stat correct, line. Correct, correct, yes. All oh. right. He was 15 of 18 for 198 yards <laughs> and two touchdowns. His quarterback rating, Chase Daniels' stat- <laughs> quarterback rating, was 149 and a half. I just know that's an inside joke on this station. I didn't want you to get victim. 149 and a half. Not great. With Raglan and Hitchens in the game the entire time he was there. Tyler Bray's quarterback rating was still over 104. I mean, you, I, I know you, you bring up names that matter, and Chris Jones playing four quarters would be huge, and Eric Berry showing his face for the Chiefs this year would probably help this team out. But, but what difference is it going to make when they're, face, when they're facing Phil Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger in back-to-back weeks? That's I mean, the secondary is going to be the big talking point, and it should be. And it probably will be for the majority of the season, unless they start, unless they make a move. You know, like, this is kind of the Brett, this could be the Brett Veach special, where a week or two before cuts, they try to bring in some additional composition to the cornerback group. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Yeah. You almost... You almost, if you're a fan of this team, are begging for that at this point. Because today, not only did Amerson, it wasn't just a bad day. Like Amerson and, and Skandrick and, and what they ran out there, it just, 
it wasn't just a bad day. It, it, it screamed unacceptable, maybe is the right word. Just if I, you run those guys out, you're not going to make the postseason. Remember when we said uh, f- five hours ago on the pregame show, and we're going to go right back to the phone, so if you're on hold, we'll get to you. We said, you know what? They can't win this game. You know, if they look great, then, you know, they did it against number twos. Yeah. And, and then if they don't look great, well, you know, then they're going to get crushed because they were playing number twos. All the hype that was going into this one, because this is the one that counts, like the all-star game in baseball, this time it counts. This was a cluster bleep of failure by this football team today. All right? The quarterback, whatever. Tyreek Hill, whatever. You're not going to win eight games this year with that defense that we saw today. And I'm at Eric Berry. I don't even know what where Eric Berry is in his career right now. Coming off the injury, he's got the heel injury. Was Eric Berry going to win you two games on his own? You throw him in there, and he's going to the defense will get pressure because Roethlisberger will see Eric Berry, and and and, and have to take an extra two seconds. I, I think there is a little bit of that in Kansas City, to be honest. And He's not Superman. I, I, I'm guilty as of this as anyone else is promoting Barry because the people love him. But there's nothing magic about Eric Barry. Like, Eric Barry didn't magically help the defense being on the sidelines. And, and last year, I mean, he was on the, he was on the sidelines and, and, and revving them up. And, and did they play better down the stretch? Yeah. But he's not, he doesn't have, like, a magic potion. And I think the Chiefs are a much better team on the field with him. And in the locker room, they, they seem like they're in a better headspace. But he's not this magic player that's going to take this defense with individuals like a Skandrick and an Emerson on him and make them all pro and pro bowlers. I think that's just such a misconception. We th- and we think about that a lot. He's not Deion Sanders. He's not Lawrence Taylor. He's not J.J. Watt who can come in and, and transform a defense. He's a, a real good safety. And you gotta look, That's it. And you got to look yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, as a diehard Chiefs fan, I know that a, lot of, a lot of diehard Chiefs fans are listening, look yourself in the mirror and say, do I really think, and Kent, this is to your point, do I really think he's going to play 16 games this year? Would you bet on that? Because I, like, I wouldn't. I wouldn't either. And I will say this, the last season that Eric Berry had, full season that Eric Berry played in 2016, he made a couple huge plays to win a couple games, uh, like his his return home to Atlanta where he had the pick two. Um, so he does he does make a big impact on the field, but it's a it's everything outside of that. You know, they had a lot. They gave up a lot of explosive plays today. They couldn't tackle today. They couldn't tackle today. Reggie Ragland couldn't tackle today. Is Eric Berry gonna fix Reggie Ragland? I'm. I, I will say this. I'm not as worried about Raglan and Hitchens quite yet. They definitely look like they were knocking off the rust. There was some major communication issues that they had in the middle of the field today. That and Raglan and Hitchens might have been part of that. Raglan looked slow. He looked out of shape. He looked like he's still trying to work himself back into football shape. Um, I think there's. I think those guys are primed for a big step up the next time we see him on the field. But still, there's plenty of things to be nervous about here. Uh, it's Ken Swanson, Pete Sweeney from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett. We'll take your phone calls, 576-7610. Let's go to uh, LJ. LJ, you're on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, guys. How you doing? What's up, man? Well, uh, first thing, as far as when it comes down to uh, the Peters thing, when when Chiefs first traded for um, for Kendall Fuller, honestly, I was, I was extremely ecstatic because, you know, kind of like you were just saying a little bit earlier, uh, you know, Peter's on one side, you know, Fuller on the other. But then, on the other hand, it's, but then, you know, not too much long after that, you know, then they trade Marcus Peters away for Peanuts. That, I mean, for one, I mean, for one, obviously, I'm on the other side of the, the, the anthem thing, which, we're, I mean, we're not going to really get into, but 
you know, so, but I mean, everything about that, that whole trade kind of puts an extremely bad taste in my mouth. But then you look at, you know, what we saw today. I mean, you, you can say Eric Berry. Eric Berry makes a big difference to this defense. But Eric Berry doesn't defend a wide receiver making a, a double move. That's a cornerback. You know, and having Fuller on one side, Peters on the other, that's something that would actually help out with something like that. Um, just, just everything about this Eric Berry thing, I, I mean, definitely this season there's not too much coming coming back from him. But I'll tell you, you know, me personally on, on, on this Eric, Eric Berry thing, if, if there's one thing, um, personally, even as a Chiefs fan, that, um, I mean, I've been a diehard Chiefs fan my whole life, but everything about this whole thing, um, at best, puts a bad taste in my mouth. If not, um, it's halfway ruining me as a Chiefs fan. So, now, Hopefully it will get better, but LJ, we appreciate it, man. I know there are a lot of people that are feeling your frustration. Let's talk to uh, Ross in Indiana. Ross, thanks for calling, man. You're on 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, uh, earlier this offseason, Therese reported that uh, the Chiefs were aiming for 2019, really, that they weren't going to be competing this year. And uh, I understand keeping veterans around like Sorensen and Harris if you think your window is right now. I don't understand giving those reps to older guys if you're trying to develop young guys for next year. So if you guys could talk about that a little bit, I'm just frustrated with that. Understandable. And, Ross, hopefully they don't put that on the side of the stadium. Welcome to Arrowhead. We'll see you in 2019. Because that would, that would not – That's I'm not a marketer, but that's not selling tickets. Pete? Yeah, there's certainly a, a thought process to this because I think the Chiefs are right up against the cap right now, and I think that's why Skandrick is here is because they just couldn't afford anyone else at this point, and that's why I harp on the Watkins deal so much because I thought – and I'm thinking more and more now that it was a move they didn't need to make and could have had a better 2018 season. Um, as far as 2019 goes, a lot of money opens up. There's a lot of guys on contract years. D Ford is up after this year. You could be looking at a very different Chiefs team, and that's fine. You know, you're building the 2019, and, and but I do want to bring it back to that first caller. You could have just done everything. You could have kept Peters here, had a great defense this year where two sides of the field, you have really really high-quality football players. Let's throw away all the crap off the field with Peters for a second. Can't do it. Whether you Can't feel, do it. Whether you feel about him or not. But all I'm saying is he shut down a side of the field. I get that feeling from Kendall Fuller. He can play inside. He can play outside. What you had in or 2018 was an offense that would be up and coming. Mahomes has to learn a little bit, but he looks pretty good. And what you would have had was a really good defense and a solidified middle. And you, it, it, the, the why of this never came out. And that's what's, I think, the saddest to me because you gave up a season, I think now, of being a real contender. Why did you do it? What was the reason? Because I don't think the truth ever really came out about you, it. Do you want me to take a knee and show you why? <laughs> I'll, tell, I'll show you exactly why. Because, I know. Because I, I mean, I know and that. Beach caved to social pressure and politics. That's the entire reason. They didn't want to offend anybody, so they traded him away for a bag of peanuts, like, uh, like the last caller said. I think... Um... Yeah, it doesn't feel like the Chiefs are a prime Super Bowl candidate in 2018. And you're really going on a limb. I know. We're t- I will, I'm going to talk about the offense okay. for a minute. I, I to that guy's point. Yes, this the season is probably not the 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 start of the Super Bowl window. Um, but they still got to go out and play, and they still got to go out and try to win. You can't just 
throw young guys into the mix when you have guys under contract that makes sense for you to keep on your roster. Yeah, maybe they could have gotten rid of Daniel Sorensen. That might have been a move they could have thought about. But I think they're still trying to win a Super Bowl in, in Kansas City. Andy Reid still thinks this is a year to win the Super Bowl, whether we do or not. To fill people in, if, if we are thinking to 2019, here's come, who comes off the books as unrestricted after this year. This Al- is always great in the preseason to talk about <laughs> next preseason. <laughs> Alan Bailey, Cam Irving, David Amerson, Demetrius Harris, Anthony Sherman, Spencer Ware, Frank Zombo, Damian Williams, Mitch Morse. Those are all your guys above a million dollars. There's a bunch of others, but those are some of the bigger names. And Cap gets a little bit more free in that next year's offseason. It just pains me because they could have done both. You know, what sucks is when you're a fan, and that and that reality may not set in for a lot of people. But when it does set in that the team I'm going to watch right now, the team that I grew up rooting for, the Kansas City Chiefs are going to be, eh, so I'm still going to pay $60 to park. I'm still going to pay $80 for a ticket. I'm still going to pay... $12 for a beer. I'm still going to spend thousands of dollars. All right. I'm still going to spend thousands of dollars. Go watch this team. And for what? Why should I renew my tickets? Why should I keep going to this football game where this football or watch this football team when I know that eh, what's the point that sucks. And that happens to about 20 teams every year, 20 fan bases every single year. And recently you didn't have that feeling in Kansas city. I know Alex Smith is what he is. But last year, you didn't feel, maybe you did, I don't know, but you felt you were like you were a contender, like you had a chance to win the NFC West all year long. Do you feel right now, after the dress rehearsal, because I think you and I are getting snaps next week at quarterback, do you feel <laughs> that this team now has any shot of winning the NFC, the AFC West? I don't think that if you're a smart football fan, you would put any money of, you know, any real money on this team to, to win an AFC West. The, the AFC West is tough. There's a there's a lot of good teams. I mean, and and a lot of ample quarterbacks. And people have been high on the Chargers since jump. Uh, they've had a bunch of injuries. I do think it's going to be wide open, and I think the Chiefs will be in the mix as long as they can teeter around 500 in the in this first half of the schedule. But I just think that's going to be so tough. I think they could get at the first, second half of the season. And now, like I thought, maybe they would teeter around four and four, three and five. Now I'm thinking. This could be two and six. And, and if you're in a two and six hole, I get the schedule get easy. It gets easier. But then you're in a situation where you have to win every single game down the stretch. And you don't want to be in that. The schedule does open up a little bit on the back end of the season. But here's the thing. I don't think the defense is going to be as bad as it was today. Week one of the regular season. I just don't. I think it will be better. It's still going to be an issue. And it's still always going to be there all season. But this this season was never going to be about whether or not the defense is elite. Patrick Mahomes, this team will go as far as Patrick Mahomes will take him. I don't believe that. I go the other way, Kent. I think this team will go as far as Bob Sutton's defense will take them. The kid's going to make mistakes. They might only average 18.5 points per game. But if they're giving up 19 points per game and 20, and tw- I mean, 27 to the Bears' backups, I, I this is when you have a stud QB... That team goes as far as the quarterback. The Packers are only going as far as Rodgers, and the Patriots as far as Brady, and, and, and the Seahawks as far as Russell Wilson, the Chargers as far as Phil Rivers. This defense is going to make or break this team this year. This was Raglan and Hitch's first game, and so I think there is something true to the idea of football shape. And I don't think after this game, I think this was a really bad day 
I don't think this is going to be an utterly incomplete disaster. What I can kind of see in the season is this is going to be real up and down. Going to be the roller coaster type of season that towards the end they just fall off and are not a playoff team. That's what it looks like to me, like an eight and eight, seven and nine type of deal. Man, you got a two and six potentially and getting to eight and eight. I, my, it, it's it's just a matter of who's healthy. If they put themselves in the situation where if they have injuries moving into the to the regular season and that carries over to the first quarter and the second then yeah i mean they're gonna fall off real quick i don't i cannot i I don't see them being one of these teams and picking in the top 10 but i think it's gonna be one of those situations where they're not gonna be in the playoffs i mean if you feel like they're gonna be in the playoffs after watching today i mean more power to you i i just don't know how you're drinking i just don't know how you could (laughs) because i you know if they're two and six and you look at the at the rest of this i mean after they get to that eighth week, yeah, they got Cleveland, Arizona, but they still got the Raiders twice, L.A., t- both L.A.s. They got Seattle in there. I mean, this doesn't get a whole lot easier for a team that is banking on a sort of a rookie quarterback and a and a, and a craptastic defense. I saw everybody on the text line, and you can send us yours into the Pepper Jacks Grill Famous Philly text line, 69306. Send them in. We'll go to the phones here in a sec. Red Raider offense, Red Raider offense, Red Raider offense. He did this at Texas Tech. Did you see the Red Raider offense at all this preseason? Did anybody see Mahomes lighten it up, throwing 50? You know, obviously he's not going to throw 50 times in a game, but did anything make you believe this team can score 35 points a night? I, I like seeing that he was he can he can play an efficient game today. And that to me, because you're not going to dazzle every week. So he, he showed, I think, today that he could manage to, as long as the defense is somewhat there, which they weren't today, uh, manage to win that type of back-and-forth game. But... You're right. I mean, you're right. It, it's it's just like it, it's a it's a game that you come out with way more concerns than you feel good. And and in the third preseason mm-hmm. game, you just want to feel good about the team. And I don't know how you could feel even like close to a little good going into week one at this point. You know, I, th- I there was a there was still some good to take away. And um, I want you to tell me after the break what the good is you take away. Okay. All right. I want you to tell me if, sit sit on that because we got to get to a quick timeout because <laughs> I'm gonna get my pen ready. Uh, Reggie, Steve, Josh, stay right there. Ken's going to give us a couple of things to take positive because it sounds doom and gloom. And look, losing to the Bears' backups to me is doom and gloom. We got Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, I'm Mike Wickett. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show gets back to your phone calls as well. 576-7610 next. The 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. At 7th Street Casino, new Lucky 7 Club members get 10 bucks in free slot play. Just grab your phone and text PLAY to 797979 for the best payouts in the city. 7th Street Casino, it's where it's at. Show and Vern. Hey, we got you covered coming off a huge sports weekend, including breaking down what happened in this Chiefs-Bears game. Also, we'll be hooking you up with a $25 gift card to Twin Peaks, and I'm going to easily break down to you the major reason why Bob Sutton cannot return as a defensive coordinator. Hell, he should be gone now. Show and Vern, Monday at 10 on 610 Sports Radio the red zone at the 19-yard line. It's third and six. Mahomes to Hunt. He's got a lot of room to run. Hunt at the 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City. What a drive for Mahomes in the offense. 
was on KCTV5 earlier today as uh, the Chiefs fall to the Bears 27-20. Mike Wickett along with Pete Sweeney, Kent Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. Kent was going to give us a couple of things, a couple of positives, and then we're going to go right back to the phones. Got a couple of lines open if you want to jump in and talk about the dress rehearsal. Uh, five seven six seven six ten. Kent, not all terrible. There was a, there, <laughs> there was and there was a few things that were that were at least positive. Um, let's start on the defensive side of football because yeah. that's the place that you know had a had a few issues today, maybe a few. I thought Tano Passanio and Derek Nadi looked good, and those are two new guys or you know guys that they're going to be leaning on that really weren't part of the the formula last year is he is is he the one that got called for the sack penalty the worst call i've ever seen in the history of the national you football tr- you're trying to raise my yeah blood pressure here if that is go- if that sack is going to turn into a penalty every time i love the nfl i'm not this i'm never going to watch football guy again because of kneeling or commercials or you know nobody can't touch receivers or whatever if that's going to be the regular I'm not going to watch football anymore. If that was the body weight argument or the the reason that he it got couldn't have been. there that, is that's no what it, that's what it was. Oh, uh, are you kidding me? It was. <laughs> that's there, the, that's the body you weight. You can't thing. sack anybody anymore. I'm, inter- I'm interested in seeing what the NFL says because technically people aren't going to like hearing this, but he did put his whole body weight on him and it's written in the rules. That being said, like maybe that shouldn't be a rule then because but it was like one swift motion through I, I the quarterback. Know, I know, you know, I like know. last last week against the uh, last week against or the Vikings last week, yep, th- yep, someone yep. got a roughing the passer penalty because at the end it looked like he did lift a little bit. Oh too. my gosh! And so, sure, whatever you could, you know, that that's a bad call still. That there was there was one smooth motion by Tano Passanio through the quarterback. That is unacceptable if they're going to be calling that. Somebody on the text line sent a uh, a text into the Pepper Jacks Grill famous Philly text line. If that's the call, then Derek Thomas is never a Hall of Famer. If that that is the truth, though, if that's a call, then Derek Thomas is never the great player he is. Six nine three zero six. The text line. All right. What else you got? What else is positive? Come on, sunshine and rainbows. Let's <laughs> let's <laughs> let's let's talk about the kid real quick. Two great stretches of football. Started the game out six for six, and then had another eight for eight stretch. I know it was against a second team defense, but Mahomes showed excellent efficiency today. Went eighteen of twenty four for one hundred ninety six yards. At least two of those throws were uh, were throwaways, just trying to get rid of the ball, throwing him out of bounds. That was really nice to see. They weren't super efficient in the red zone. That wasn't. That was probably a, a negative there. But overall, I think the kid did a great job. I, I agree. But go ahead, Pete. There's a big. I know what the butt is. I agree. I agree. But but yeah, it's just all for naught. I mean, it's all these kids can look great at least this season. If you want to feel good about the Chiefs. 2019, 2020, moving forward about Patrick Mahomes and what they're going to be, I think that's great. If you think that 2018 is going to be fun, I think you're starting to lie to yourself now. I I just don't think it's going to be a fun season when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I hope I'm wrong, but if you look at the data and you look at the evidence and you look at Chase Daniel and his number two Bears, they would say otherwise. Otherwise, I mean, you had some of your reinforcements that you've been talking about all preseason today in Rags and Hitchens. I understand you're trying to get back into football shape, but it didn't. It didn't matter. The secondary, the personnel in the secondary, is not good enough. It just isn't. So, Kent, your your positives, the two positives, are two guys you never heard of had an impact, and Pat Mahomes was good against the Bears too deep. Pretty much. All right. <laughs>
576-7610. Let's talk to Steven. Hey, Steven. Yeah, you guys are doing a great job today, man. I tell you, uh, Wicky, you may be totally misguided politically, but you know your football. <laughs> <laughs> you <know? laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, LJ called in. I wouldn't have said anything, but this, this, this whole Marcus Peters thing kind of bothers me. I'm concerned that Eric Berry is not going to. Everybody's concerned that he's not going to come back. He's a coach on the field. He may not be physically there, but. You know, this we're, we're turning um, Marcus Peters into like uh, Martin Luther King Jr. You know, the, remember this is a guy who quit on his teammates in the Jets game, who quit on everybody in that locker room. I don't care how talented this guy is. I don't care if we had to get rid of a clubhouse cancer and and sell him off for a bag of peanuts. Uh, our team is going to be better off in a in the long run, as you said in nineteen. 19- in 2019 or 2020, I would rather take some licks. I'd rather I'd rather take our licks this year and get lit up by Chase Daniels at a 150 rating than have to look at Marcus Peters quitting on his teammates and kneeling every single game, and the police union getting PO'd about it. And then then what do what they call it? The, the Jets guys there they're in Miami they're boycotting the game because of the stuff that Peters was doing. So let's just not turn him into some sort of a, of a socio political hero. This guy. No, 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 I, I don't think, look, look, take, like take, taking the social political hero angle out of it, he was a damn good defensive back who was a top five DB in the National Football League. And if people, not to go into that conversation, if all you care about is what happens once the ball is kicked off, and that's all you care about when it comes to Marcus Peters, he would be a much better option than whatever piece of hot garbage they're throwing opposite Kendall Fuller. I just, I hope, I, we don't know the answer to this. I hope they exhausted all options with with the whole Marcus Peters situation. Like, that's my only hope is that they... I, they, feel, I feel like Veach picked, was like, huh? Okay, deal. First call. I feel like Veach didn't even search for a better deal. I just mean, I hope that they did everything they could to make sure that he stays a Kansas City Chief. I think, oh, and I, I hope no, 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 I no, hope no, that no, happened. No. Brad and Carrington were talking the other day, no, no. and... and Brad was giving the impression that the Chiefs were a little desperate to get rid of him. It, I feel like Brad's right on that. And <laughs> here, here's the, here's the unfortunate truth for the Chiefs is this is it's going to come back now if the team is horrible because they don't have a second cornerback. And it'd be a different story, I think, if maybe they feel that a team that was still great, but like or even okay or even decent, have a decent game where you give up a few passes and, and you're okay, that was atrocious today. That was atrocious football. And if that's going to be the theme all year, it's going to come back. It's going to it's gonna be like birthday candles. You blow them out and you think they're, they're dead, and guess what? They're, they're lighting back up again. Just because if they're losing, like say Mahomes goes out and kills it every week. I said it before. Say he goes out and kills it every week, and, and it's the defense that's giving up these chunk plays, especially on the non-fuller side. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're as a fan. You're going to choose not to say it because you believe what you believe and whatever happened. But you're going to be thinking it. I've been trying to give David Amerson the benefit of the doubt for uh, the, for two for the first two weeks <laughs> because they they were you know they were so you're the one they were playing a lot of <laughs> off coverage and he's been the whipping boy. He was the whipping boy in training camp before he actually got on the on the field in a Chiefs uniform in a real game well, or in a preseason game. Glad he hasn't shed that label. <laughs> <laughs> but 
this was three. This is the, we're starting to get a sample size of David Emerson on the field, and um, it's not just you know even when he's on in off coverage, it's been brutal. And we we have a very small sample size of Orlando Skandrick at this point, and that was brutal. I mean, at least at least Orlando Skandrick chased and- down. David Amerson's mistake on that crosser. So that was good, I guess. That's on his resume now. Amerson and St. Joe actually looked okay. And it just goes to show you really don't know what you're going to get until you are here playing another team. Because he just he just looks like a player who shouldn't even be on a roster, at least today. I mean, maybe it's a bad game or if you want to call it a horrible game. And don't get me wrong. As I talk here, I'm not rooting against Amerson. I would love him to turn it around and be great. It's just how can you believe that that can happen after watching what we watched today? Go right back to the phones at five seven six seven six ten, and Reggie's out in Anaheim. Thanks for calling, Reg. Hey man, yeah, I just want to say you guys are doing a great job as well. Echo sentiment. Thank you, Reg. Yeah, I hope I, California. I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, um, uh, we'll cook up things real quick. I live in Southern California, obviously, so unfortunately, I get to see a lot of Charger games because they're local. Uh, the Chargers are a legitimate team. And I get to see them all the time. They're going to beat the brakes off this defense from <laughs> week one. Uh, I, I, I'm, and I'm not even joking. And I hate to, I have to push down the vial in my stomach when I have to say stuff like that. Uh, Are you the, saying the that I should start is, Phil? I drafted Phil Rivers as my backup. You think I should start Phil Rivers? You should start everyone, including the uh, water boys. <laughs> uh, you should start the hot dog man. You should start the water boys. You should start the ticket counter people. Anybody going against the Chiefs, you should start them. Second team thing real quick. In response to the, to the previous caller, this is the reason why the Kansas City Chiefs organization never won a Super Bowl in my lifetime, and I'm 37 years old. We have chosen politics, petty politics, over actual winning tangible on the field. I need, need I remind you guys that we chant Tyreek Hill's name, and I love Tyreek Hill. There's no shade against him, who actually broke a law, and then we vilified Marcus Peters. No, he's not Martin Luther King. He's not as eloquent as any of those guys, but we chose politics over winning, and that's my biggest issue as a diehard Chiefs fan of 37 years of my life is that Dale Carter used to shoot up Westport on the weekends, and we, used to, we, we loved Dale Carter, but, you know, we, we vilified Marcus Peters. Job, man, I got to get on the, on the practice field. I'll talk to you all later. Are you, does Reggie play for the, che- or for the Chargers? He's got to get on the practice field. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's trying out for corner. He's like Brett Veach's. <laughs> get, some tape, get some tape to Reggie, Kansas City. Brett, some Vietnia. Reggie knows that uh, the, the, the Chiefs are coming. He's like, I can probably play wide out and pick up three catches for 62 yards against this secondary. I appreciate the phone call. I just want to reiterate that for whatever reason it was, I mean, you look at the Marcus Peters pie of why he's no longer a Kansas City Chief. It isn't one reason. I think there's a lot of it that went into it, and some of it was that he was a hot head. It's non-zero percent. I've always said this, the the protesting during the anthem anthem is a part of it. My whole beef right now is whatever it was, let's throw that out. He's no longer here, and your plan was horrible. You have a horrible plan at least for 2018. Maybe you're planning for 2019, but if you're not going to say that, then we all we have to work with is 2018, and guess what? That defense is unacceptable. Throw out the reasons for Mark. He's no longer here. Okay, I get it. Are you happy with what's left? Because I don't think there's one person out there that can be. That, that's my whole point. And whose fault is that? Is it Bob Sutton? If you gotta, you got to give Bob Sutton some players. I don't care if it's Jesus Christ. If he's taking David Amerson to the field, do you think he's stopping Chase Chase Montana Daniel today? They've put a lot. (laughs) 
they've put a lot of pressure on their front seven to get pressure on the quarterback. That's really that that's where we're at right now. That's a good they, point. They really need that front seven to step up and generate some pressure. Now they have a lot of guys that have shown some promise. I think D Ford's actually looked okay at times this year in this preseason too. I'm I'm a little bit optimistic about him, but they need that front seven to be able to get to the quarterback and disrupt the timing and, and help these guys out. Mike, did you invite this D Ford guy? I, I, to I the swear. Show? I mean, my gosh. I'm in. D. Ford, Bob Sutton, apologist wrapped up with rainbows about a loss to the backup Bears. Hey, Sean Barber's not here. Someone's got to do it, right? I mean, Kent, my gosh. <laughs> You're watching the first or second quarter of this game, and the Bears twos. Ro- rolling yeah. through. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. They, they, they're going to need to generate pressure in the front seven. Let's bring in Hayden, who's in Kansas City. Thanks for calling, Hayden. You're on the air. Hey, fellas. Thanks for having me. You got it. Um I was going to mention, like, I don't know if you guys have heard of, like, the Amateur Hour podcast with uh, Ryan Scott Hall. Uh, sure. Dirkness. Sure. Um, they like to play a game called uh, Who You Mad At. <laughs> yep. And I'd love to say that, like, I'm mad at the players and, like, Emerson sucks and he's terrible and, I don't know, you know, Watkins can't, like, catch a damn ball when it's two feet in front of him, but uh, I guess the people that I'm really upset with is, like, it's Andy Reid's team. Right. And it was Brett Veach's responsibility to get some guys on the field who can actually play, and neither of them did that. And we can say that, like, I don't know, Clark, like, did the Brett Veach pound the table and said, get Marcus Peters out of here, but, like, it's Andy's team, right? You figure Andy has more more say than most head coaches in the National Football League. And Clark chose him. You know, it's not like there was this big, like, I don't know, party to figure out what kind of guys he wanted to have as head coach. It was Andy Reid was the guy that we wanted here, and he's had a lot of say, and he makes those decisions. So, like, if Marcus is out, can you say that, like, that's what Andy wanted? I, I think – all. I, I'll go out on a limb. I think all three. Veach may be the least, but he has the least power, it would feel. I believe Hunt, Reid, both wanted him gone, whether it was a locker room thing, whether it was an image thing, whether it was a politic thing, or it was – here we are in Kansas and Missouri, and we know what these people, whatever it was. I think Veach had the least say. The other two wanted him gone. Yeah, and I think there were a lot. I, I, I've said this time and time again. I think there's a lot of reasons he's not here. Some I agree with, some I don't. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, yada, yada, the whole deal, whatever. Right, right. Bottom line is he isn't here, and the plan that was left in place is not acceptable. If you're a Chiefs fan and wanting to go to this have it, and have a great season in 2018, it just isn't. It, this team... You, you saw today. It's I can't, I like I have to keep saying it because it's unbelievable to unbelievable to me. The Bears they didn't run any, any of the probably their concepts that they're going to be running during the regular season. They had three preseason games before this. They basically are are done now until the regular season. This is an this game today for the Bears was an afterthought. Chase Daniel, who has never been able to win a starting job in how many years uh, playing in the league ten something like that. Ran all over your defense and passed for nearly 200 yards and scored two touchdowns. That's what that's reality now. In a you half. Want to, you want to talk about reality? A lot of people will tweet me, hey, Marcus Peters isn't here. Deal with reality. Well, guess what the reality is? Chase Daniel with a bunch of backups just ran over your first team offense. Or, I'm sorry, defense. And I was told Alex Smith was the scapegoat. I thought Alex Smith was the reason they were so bad last over the last few years. 
I look at uh, I look at the 2018 NFL draft a little bit here. Uh, Breland speaks. He's been fine. He's right. been fine He's been so far to this special. point. Nothing, nothing special. special. But it's a rookie in the first preseason. Nothing to write home about. But you know, shortly after Breland speaks was selected, you've got Dante Jackson, a cornerback from LSU, was very highly regarded that got taken. MJ Stewart from North Carolina. Isaiah Oliver from Colorado. Uh, Carlton Davis. From Auburn, all wait in the second round after Breland speaks. Boy, uh, I think one of those guys would probably look pretty good in red and yellow right now. It's true, and and that you want to you want to put blame and 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 think about whose fault it is if this defense is a true representation of what 2018 will be. And again, that's still a question. They haven't played a regular season game yet, so keep that in mind. But if this is a true representation of what 2018 is going to be, I think Veach has a part of the blame. I think Bob Sutton has a part of the blame. I think ownership has a part of the blame. I think Andy Reid, who, by the way, signs off on every decision that you see in this yes. team, Andy Reid signs off on. Absolutely. And, that, and, he, and, and he sometimes gets away scot-free as well, which shouldn't be the case. He 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 was the one who agreed to all this. When, when, when Clark Hunt brought him here after Philadelphia – he gave him a lot of power over this franchise. So any decision that's made with this team, you have to also pull Reed into it. I don't think it happens often enough. I feel like Veach is a GM with a lot less GM power than other GMs. We're going to hear from Andy Reed. You're going to hear from Patrick Mahomes. Oh, joy. We're, gonna, <laughs> we're also going to hear more from you. We are out of here at 430. We'll make way for Bink. He's going to come in with his pregame show, get you ready for the Royals coming up tonight. So if you want to get in, do it now, 576 576- 7610. Again, 576 7610. Thanks, Hayden, for your phone call. Waldo Joe, you're next up on 610 Sports Radio. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking the call. Got it. Uh, you know, I, I'm not one of those people that, that says preseason matters, but today's game did matter. It felt like it, didn't that, it? Yeah, yeah, it did. You know, the only similarity I can draw to it is when the Chiefs played the Giants last year, and it's kind of one of those games that you should go out and win and move on. And, and today, our offense, I didn't see it today. You know, that offense should have come out and stomped these guys and been up, you know, 20 to 3 at halftime or something like that. And Pat Mahomes shouldn't have even had to march out in, in the second half and play. And I just didn't see any flares of greatness today. I really didn't. What I did see is that we overpaid for Sammy Watkins. And, and, and don't say that, oh, it's just preseason and he's not given 100% all that. No, today we saw it. We've had three games. Once again, one against a second stringers, and I just don't see it from the Sammy Watkins character. I don't know if he's jogging down the field or if he's hurt or what the deal is, but the bottom line is we overpaid for that guy. And what else I saw is on the defensive side of the ball, I saw a lot of slop. I saw no tackling, and that's not on Bob Sutton, guys. These are pro NFL players. They need to tackle. That's basic football fundamentals, and they couldn't do it, and they couldn't do it last year. Bob Sutton isn't out there making the plays. He's drawing them up, but to, to actually execute is on the players. Guys, can you explain to me why this team cannot tackle and also just the atrocious penalties we saw today? And also off the air, I love your show, but I'm sick to my stomach today. Joe, thanks for the, for the uh, phone call. I mean, the game started off with a special team's kick out of bounds. Like, Butker started the game off. You're like, oh, boy, that's a bad sign. Yeah, it was a bad omen. It it's it's a tough day in Kansas City just because uh, again there was no winning there was no winning with this game you either played well and you're like well it was against their backups or you played poorly and it's this the big ship sinking you know and unfortunately we got the latter of the two bad things uh, that that could have come out of this game 
it's one, if this was a regular season game, I just feel like it'd be a candidate for one of these uh, coach speak, let's burn the tape type things. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, let's bury it and let's never look at that again because I just, I just think why would any of these cornerbacks ever want to look at it again? I, I just let me put my foot forward and let me go. In. And like, if I'm David Amerson too, I'd be banging on my coach's door and saying, I understand that we're allowed to get a rest next week. I, I want to play. I need to play because I'm not ready. I don't know how you could feel like you're ready. I wonder if we do see a couple of guys that probably wouldn't have played actually play tomorrow or next on Thursday. One thing I was thinking about is, you know, like how, how the throw kind of wet the appetite of the fan base, the anticipation, the buildup for so long. The throw. The throw. <laughs> but on offense, it, the throw. It, it, it did. Hashtag it, the throw. It, it calmed everybody down. It gave them something to be excited about. The last time we saw this defense on the field was – the Tennessee Titans game giving up a run on third down with a chance to get the ball back and come back and win that game. And they have done nothing to this point in three weeks to really get you um, to, to settle people down. There was nothing in this last three weeks that has really gotten you to say, okay, well, there's something to be excited about here on the defensive side of the football. He's right. He's 100% right. Like, I mean, how about uh, the two fourth down stops against Atlanta? That really that didn't light your fire? That didn't, that didn't do it. Wasn't that after a touchdown they'd already given up yeah, earlier, too? Yeah, it so. was. Uh, if, they had if, a fourth down stop today. If you look at the first team altogether, I mean, really, has it been that much good football? Like, if you let's, let's, let's play a game for a second and take away the throw from the preseason. How are you feeling about this team? Like, let's just take away oh, the, gosh. the Mahomes throw. Uh, you have a quarterback who is going to be 15th best in the NFL. 14th best in the NFL. You got a, a a wide receiver that you paid $30 million to guaranteed this year for whatever reason. He's got a catch for 15 yards. Your number one wideout looks good. Tyree Kill looks good, even without the throw. I'm fine with that. I got full faith in Kelsey. What's Kareem Hunt done? He's been all right, catching the ball well out of the backfield. But that defense is going to cost you a couple of games. Right now, after the, the dress rehearsal and some other glorified practices, Six and ten. I'm thinking six and ten. It feels like a season from this game. It feels like a season when where you're going to have Patrick Mahomes and Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey playing their asses off, and the rest of the team is just going to let this magical trio A, down, and B, go to waste. Because Tyree Kill and I think Travis Kelsey are in line to have some of the best seasons of their career. Mahomes, as it goes with that, should have a pretty good season. And everyone else is going to be the reason that they're teetering around 500, 7 and 9, 6 and 10 type of year, unless something drastically changes. And I don't know if it can, given the Chiefs being so far up against the cap. I think this could truly be who they are this year. They very well could be. Travis Kelsey will be 30 in next season. In 2019, he will turn 30. We are getting close to... The end of Travis Kelsey's what? big peak window. Do, do you remember when the Chiefs wasted that magical offensive line? Do it would be a travesty to waste one of the better tight ends, I think, of our generation on not being able to get the playoffs. And say these three years pass and it's not done yet, and all of a sudden Travis Kelsey's thirty-two. Right, and that's that. These are one the, the same thing with Eric Berry. Is just I'm just I'm I'm worried that. You know, two elite players that we are we're losing. We're, we're going to miss out on their peak. At least, mean, we got, at least we got Demetrius football. I mean, 
They already waste. I mean, <laughs> for they, 15 games, not 16, <laughs> because he got suspended. You already won nothing with your last Hall of Fame uh, tight end. Well. Yeah, I mean, you wait. I don't want to say his career was wasted, but Tony Gonzalez was here forever, but what, and never won anything. What's the definition of wasted? To me, I mean, if you have really good players and generational players like a DT, and of course that's a little bit different, like the defensive line, Tony G. What's 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 idealist? It's win the Super Bowl. Because if you don't win the Super Bowl, who cares? Like, who really cares? I mean, think about... Tell that to Dan Marino. Think about the New England Patriots going 18-0. That changed that whole year. It was still a great year, and I, we look at it, and that's great. They weren't... They didn't win the Super Bowl, you know? Like, Randy Moss has never won a Super Bowl. Right. Part of that team. I mean, you still, I'm guessing, view Randy Moss as one of the greatest receivers ever, but do you, put, you don't put him on the same plane as Jerry Rice because he never won a Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills, four years in a row, they get to the Super Bowl. They're still a team that is kind of laughable because they've never won a title. With mm-hmm. some of the greatest players to ever play the game. Jim Kelly, Andre Risen, Bruce Smith, Thurman Thomas. Those teams were great. And still, you know, you're like, yeah, but they lost four in a row. You're, you're right. The Atlanta Falcons, what are you known for? Blowing one of the worst Super Bowls of all time. And, and that was a great season for Atlanta. Who remembers that? Nobody. They remember one freaking game it's all about the championship for better or for worse that's what it's about and if you waste travis kelsey man it's a bad job by andy reed why would you ever want to be a tight end in the city ever again you're like <laughs> well let's see they had tony gonzalez and won nothing and then they had travis kelsey he was Tra- the best quarterback or best tight end in the league for a while nothing travis kelsey tells a story about when he was first drafted and he got the missouri number and was like really dreading the fact that he was getting taken by the st louis rams at the time and i would was, too and he was grateful <laughs> that it was kansas city you hope that that never happens. Oh, Kansas City and Andy Reid. I'm never going to win anything. First playoff, first round playoff exit every year. Damn. And Phil Rivers is still there throwing the ball all over <laughs> our secondary. All right, coming up, you're going to hear from Andy Reid. You'll hear from Patrick Mahomes. We got a half hour left, so if you want to talk about uh, today's loss, you can. Chiefs fans, dial us up, 576-7610. Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson from ArrowheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wickett here on the 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride postgame show. The 7th Street Casino, Arrowhead Pride Post Game Show on 610 Sports Radio. Who's also fluent in Japanese? With Indeed, you can add screener questions for a less time-consuming route to your short list of qualified candidates. Arigato. Hiring's better when you've got your short list. Save time on hiring when you post a job on Indeed. Get started today at Indeed.com slash hire. Your exclusive home for the Arrowhead Pride tailgate and the Arrowhead Pride halftime and postgame shows. 610 Sports Radio, KCSB, Kansas City, KRBZ, HD2, Kansas City, a radio.com station. What if I told you there was a website that was a one-stop shop for all of your Kansas City Chiefs news? What if I told you that site provided headlines, two-minute updates, film reviews, hot takes, Chiefs videos, and more? What if I told you there was no Chiefs website on the planet that updated their site more often? All Chiefs all the time. ArrowheadPride.com. This is fighting to make the roster, and that's a big play for the first-year man out of Hawaii. A 45-yard score, Litton to Marcus Kemp. Write that one down. Litton, Litton to Kemp. <laughs> Pete Sweeney, Ken Swanson, MerrillheadPride.com. I'm Mike Wicket. Some people are going to be talking about Chase Daniel today. What you, know you need to be talking about is Chase Litton with the perfectly placed <laughs> ball, so Marcus Kemp. Could take that thing 
to the house. I wonder if they could trade Chase Litton for like a number two corner because Chase Litton has just climbed up the boards now. I'm thinking that they, as I watch Chase Litton this preseason, I'm starting to wonder, could they get a first rounder for this kid? Oh, my Lord. Probably two first round. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> Bears over the Chiefs 27 20 uh, in the third preseason game. Would you like to go ahead and guess what Andy Reid is going to say as we play his press conference for you here on 610 Sports Radio? Any guess? Definitely has to put the guys in better position. Better position. It's only a preseason game. Happy that they came out with no injuries. That's on me. That's on me. No injuries. Uh, we'll get the guys ready. Back to work. On- yeah, ready. I'm writing this down. Ready. Back to work. Back. Okay. Here we go. Andy Reid, uh, step to the podium. I haven't heard it yet, for the record. Yes, you have. It's the same one. So, <laughs> <laughs> city of Chicago is lucky to have him. And, um... We've got some work to do. It was great to get some of these guys back out playing, which I thought was a positive. Uh, our inside linebackers had a chance to get out and knock the rust off. You could see um, they got a little better as time went on. Uh, early, we weren't communication wasn't great, um, and we can learn from this. We can learn from it offensively. You're in the red zone. You got to put points on the board. Um, you can't have penalties. We had way too many penalties. Special teams, offense and defense. And then tackling and our blocking, we got to make sure we work on that. But again, that's uh, that's what the preseason's for. So, time's yours. Understanding that, Andy, understanding that it's still the preseason. What's your level of concern about where your defense is right now? Yeah, well, I think the main thing is that they get in and practice together. You know, we're starting to get guys back, which I think is important. So much of defense is communication. And uh, working together, passing things off, we're, we're very vanilla right now. Um, and so, um, and by plan, that's what we are. So you got to, um, but there's communication when you're, when you're doing that. You got to make sure that you're on the same page. And, and so everything transmits through your inside backers. Having those guys back out there might have been the best thing that happened today. So um, just to have that opportunity for those guys to work. Was that surprise for you that Matt did not play his starters in this game? Well, he gave me a heads up uh, when I was getting on the plane yesterday, so um, I had a, I had an idea. Um, probably smart on his part. Um, I knew we'd get a good, healthy dose of Chase. He's a pretty good football player. We know firsthand has a pretty good idea, you know, how to run the run the offense and does it efficiently and very well. So, um, but I, I didn't really care about that. I just want to make sure we came out and had more reps, you know, and get chance to play together we had some positions that you gotta you gotta get in it's just a matter of playing you gotta get in and do that yeah but he knows his team you know he has a good feel for that so he knows that this is our fourth preseason game and um, I know they didn't play much in the first one but still they've been practicing for quite a while here so it's you know you had that extra week on it and it can make for a long long preseason but um, and then he had some injuries last week. So, um, you know, we knock on wood, we've been fortunate not to uh, not to have that um, here. So um, we were able to get in and get our work done and get out. You obviously value, you know, like you said inside linebackers coming back in today. How do you value the, the work of a preseason game versus the risk of, of injuries? How do you measure that up yeah, listen, I've, I'm not sure exactly how. I think that's one of the, the questions that everybody has. I mean, I, I know uh, from probably the commissioner on down, everybody 
wants to know how that goes. I, I use it as a time to sharpen up and to get more reps, especially for a young quarterback. Uh, those are the guys that probably are affected by it the most if you if you don't have the preseason. So every rep that Patrick gets is a positive rep. So he was able to come out with 112 quarterback rating today, had some great plays, and had a chance to make a few others, you know, if we do a couple things right. So, um, you know, that that's a... Uh, and he got better than he was the week before. So that those are those are all positive things, and and um, uh, from our standpoint. Yeah, did you feel like today from from my secondary? Just, I know you're throwing scams again. Yeah, he got caught on a double move. That's that, that's going to happen. And uh, he's just kind of getting used to what we're what we're all about. And um, he's a veteran player. He'll be he'll be all right. He the one positive is he was challenging during the day. So you, we got to do that. We got to do better with that. And um, uh, on the back end, just get up and, and uh, uh, you know, challenge. That's a, that's a primary thing. You get the linebackers today, but the way the secondary is sort of fluid right now with Aaron is obviously resting across the preseason. Yeah. You got, you know, Steven Allen. Just how, how do you see that? Yeah, so I look at it. I look at it a little bit like what I was saying with quarterback. I, I look at that we're able to play a lot of guys in there, which we're doing. We're rolling a lot of people in. And we're just trying to find what we can kind of get away with uh, on the on the defense side, see who we've got and what they do best. And uh, some of these are new faces, so that we're putting them in the right position. And like I said, we're pretty vanilla right now, and um, and so uh, but you get an idea. You want to find out what you've got and how how to use it and what their strengths are and try to play to their strengths. So. Chiefs head coach Andy Reid addressing the media following the 27-20 loss to the Bears. Yeah, uh, so I'm, um, I'm not, but you got to, you got to tighten it up a little bit. Yeah, so I mean, you got, you got to do better than what we, what we did today. And, and uh, he's a willing worker, so he'll get back and, and do that. I've seen him, you know, do better, and uh, he's got to, he's just got to pick that up a little bit. Again, he, he's one of the new guys that, the more he plays and sees these things. Uh, and what he can kind of get away with. We're also going to play man cover. That's where he's getting in trouble there. So um, he's got to he's got to learn the angles and the routes and all that that teams are using. So th- this is all valuable for him. And the uh, penalty call on passing out, yeah. was that the right call? Yeah. So listen, I, I think the, the officials are feeling this thing out like like everybody else is. I think it will go all go back and kind of look at it and just see, you know. Uh, um, I mean, I was emotional when it happened, but I, w- I want to see the replay too and see what it looks like. And, and Cleet's a good official, so I mean, I, um, and an experienced official. So, uh, but you know, I'm gonna, I just have to see see it, and he'll look at it, and we'll figure it out here. Kind of like what I'm saying about you know the other positions on our team. So same deal. Andy, did you feel like um, there was any impact mentally on your defense when you go out there and obviously you're not facing first teamers and you're out there for the most expensive period of time? Yeah, listen, human nature might be that, but you got to fight that. You know, you, I, I've seen Chase, and you, you all have seen this. So, I mean, we, uh, San Diego had a chance to go to the playoffs if they beat us, and Chase goes out and plays like this right here. So you got to, um, you know, you, you, can't, you can't let your guard down at all. Um, you got to continue to challenge. You got to tackle. Those are things I was looking for that I didn't see. We got to do better on that. Our tackling wasn't good. I go back on the offensive side. Same thing there. Our blocking wasn't good enough. 
right in the run game. So we, they threw a few different. They were throwing a few different looks at us. So, the, but that'll help us during the season. They're they're in a little bit of full season mode here as they go on on offense and defense. And so it was great work for us uh, here. And and uh, but we got to do a better job blocking. That's what we have to do. You want to be able to run the football and you want to be able to throw the football and do it do it equally as well. And then last year for BJ, uh, one final what you thought of um, to see the Spencer quarterback out there and uh, full games. Yeah, yeah. So Spen- there were some. Listen, there were some good things. I, I mentioned the quarterback that making progress, and then um, uh, Spencer was uh, a positive. DeAnthony being out there was a positive. Our, our linebackers being back out there now. Um, so I mean, these are all positive things. Uh, but Spencer, I thought ran hard. I thought he caught the ball. Pretty well. He had the one on the sideline with was off his fingertips just a little bit, but when he had opportunities, he did did a good job. And uh, uh, so it's good to have him back. And again, th- th- these are knock the rust off days right here for a couple of those different positions. But um, it was good work. They were, we were able to get in and out of halftime and get that third quarter started. And we put ourselves in a position uh, to score penalties again, being a problem. So we got, can't take ourselves out of that opportunity there. Last two being, here's you did I didn't say it again. I'm, I'm, yes. Marcus, I thought, did a, a very nice job on that. So. He's a strong kid and and uh, reliable receiver, and uh, for him to do that was was very good. And that was a good drive. I mean, listen, that was a good drive by Chase. He had a couple of nice throws there that, that you know that took us down there and scored a touchdown. Last one, another young guy on the defensive line, Justin Hamilton, the guy hasn't been talked to on the outside a lot about. Seems like he's in the backfield a lot. What have you seen from him as another young guy? Yeah, he did a nice job. He kind of tweaked his ankle there in the first first quarter, and then he got, he worked through that and um, and got himself back out there and, and did a good job with uh, with the rest of his playtime. Right. Just real quick on Matt, uh, he, he has done a lot of right things here. He's done a lot of good things as far as preparing the team, installing the offense, being a head coach. It's a little different being a good coach on Sunday. It's, it's almost like an X factor when you're a rookie. <laughs> What do you see in him that tells you he'll be that from your own experience? What is the big challenge from being like a position coach or somewhat a coordinator to becoming the guy on Sunday? Yeah, so he won't have a problem with that. He uh, he'll come out and he'll he'll do a great job dealing with you guys. That might be be different. I mean, that's that's all part of it, right? That's all part of it. You got to face it, win or lose, you got to face it, and that, that's probably the biggest difference for him. And and then making sure the defense and the special teams are managed uh, from afar. But um, he'll, he'll I. I don't think you have to worry about that. He'll do, he'll do a good job for you, and he's, he's wired for this. You know, he's a, a central PA guy, and they're they're kind of wired like Chicago people, so he'll he'll, he'll fit right in. No idea what that means. Andy Reid, uh, head coach of the Kansas City Chiefs, following the loss to the backup Bears, twenty-seven twenty at Soldier Field. There's a couple of of tones Andy Reid takes after bad losses like this, and we there's a version of of the loss where. He just doesn't say anything. We didn't get that today. He didn't see I, I, what I'm getting from him is he doesn't seem as concerned as definitely we are. And the callers, fans. But also, sometimes he'll be in like a good mood and still doesn't want to give you anything. I think he realized how bad they look today and said, all right, I'm going to go to this press conference and actually ask some que- answer some questions today because he did actually provide a little bit of true input on what was happening and what went wrong today. And I think he needed to because, again, that was bad. 
And so kudos to him to actually answering some questions. I don't think he does it every time. So kudos to him for actually answering some questions today. One of the best moments of honesty throughout that whole conference, press conference, was his discussion about the communication issues. That was huge. And that was very obvious early in that game. And that is uh, not the double moves necessarily. He tried to explain away that one. I still don't feel good about that. But the <laughs> he said that's going to happen. All right, well, all right. that's all yeah. you got to do. To who? To who? The players on your team? Because if it's happening to the players on your team... And, and you'd build a 14 nothing lead, and that guy gets burned on two back-to-back double moves, and all of a sudden it's 14-14. You're going to be happy about it's that? It's going to happen. It happens. The communication side is fixable, though, and I do think I do anticipate that to get better. The double moves part, oh, we'll see. Uh, let's go right to the phone. Said If you've been hanging on, we appreciate it at 576-7610. 576-7610. Uh, Binkley's getting you ready for the Royals coming up in 15 minutes, so jump on in like Dan and Casey K. Dan, thanks so much for hanging, bud. The floor is yours. Yeah, thanks, guys. I think the defense uh, front seven's got to put the pressure on the quarterback, then uh, not to have the secondary. And the offense looked good, but they should have scored 20 points in the first half. Let's get this last appreciation game. Take care, guys. Hey, thank you, man. Appreciate it. Uh, they definitely should have scored more in that first half, especially against the Bears' backups if those were your ones. One thing that I kind of took away from the Patrick Mahomes performance there was a lot of good and he did have those stretches where he went six to six and eight to eight red zone efficiency this is something I've been taught my entire time learning the game of football quarterbacks make their money on third down and in the red zone and they had some rough moments uh some of the roughest moments for Patrick Mahomes performance were in the red zone and on third down that's not a good spot yeah and and I and and that's something with this good I think you're I think you're going to get a lot of the, or not a lot, I think you're going to have moments where he is going to do things that other quarterbacks can't do. But there'll be days when those type of plays aren't there, like today. And I think you saw that today. It just wasn't happening. Where I mean, he tried the one long throw to Sammy Watkins that was overthrown just by a little bit. I don't know. I actually read on Twitter that Sammy had stopped running on the play, so maybe that wasn't even Patrick Mahomes' fault, which, by the way, is not another, another good thing that's not great about uh, Sammy Watkins. But to this point... You're never you're they're gonna have games where things aren't going or just the dazzling plays aren't there and for him to be efficient today and as you said before six for six and then eight for eight a little bit later and then they're almost able to punch it in on really a methodical drive to see him have that range of hey I can hit a home run but guess what if I need to manufacture a drive you look at a four minute drill to win a game I think he has that to his game too so as we're Digging and digging and digging for the positives. I think that was another one. Uh, coming up, you're going to want to hear what Justin Houston had to say about the roughing the penalty call on the sack. But first, let's hear from quarterback Patrick Mahomes after the loss to the Bears. Did you change the play there? Or was that a sight adjustment? Or how did that one go, come down? Uh, yeah, I mean, it was a protection call. I made the protection call. They brought the extra guy, and I just dumped it off to Kareem, and uh, he made the play and scored a touchdown off of it. Did Kareem have to make an adjustment there, too, or was that the route that he was running anyway? Yeah, within our offense, there's a lot of ways you have to have hots and adjustments, like kind of like you're saying, and it was just one of our hot routes that if, if they brought this guy, that he had to get his eyes around fast, and he got he did, and I just put it on him, and then you got him in open space, and that's usually a good thing. Early in the game, you were really moving the ball around. Everybody was getting the ball, particularly on that first drive. Um, do you feel like... That's kind of how this offense has to operate if you guys are going to reach your potential. Yeah, I mean, you want to utilize everyone's talent that we have out there. And like I say, the whole uh, training camp is those guys are unselfish. Those guys want to just win football games. So we try to get it in everybody's hands and let them make plays, and it just makes the defense have to cover every single part of the field. Andrew, what were your interactions today with Matt Nagy? 
Uh, yeah, I just talked. I talked to him after the game, and uh, he, I mean, of course, he told me good luck. I told him good luck, and I mean, he was someone that I uh, really got to know last year and really built a great relationship with him. And I'm excited for him and his future with Chicago. Is there anything in particular that you take away that the lasting impression of his work with you as you get this opportunity now? Yeah, I mean, just how well he related uh, to me as a young quarterback and how well he could explain the offense was something that uh, that, that helped me a ton this last year. And uh, I'm just excited now that I have other guys in our uh, facility that can do that same thing. We spoke last night. You said that your goal is to come out and start fast. Is that kind of what you had in mind to come down and, and get out and get there? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we wanted uh, to get get a drive going early in the game. We hadn't had that yet. And so just kind of go out there, score a touchdown. The first drive was exciting to see. Uh, we're going to try to maintain that the rest, rest of the games from now on. But uh, I feel like as a, as a unit, uh, we had a pretty good day on the, on the offensive side of the ball. Yes, Nagy, why you didn't let you go against his first team defense? <laughs> no, I didn't. I mean, I know they had the the Hall of Fame game and they had an extra week of practice, so I haven't been a, been a part of that. So I don't know how that how that works, but uh, I know he has his reasons for what it, what he does. This is such an important game, the third preseason game for a lot of teams. Do you feel like you, do you look forward to having a first team defense to go against? You know, ones versus ones. Does that matter to you? So, I mean, you always want to compete against the best. I mean, as a competitor, you want to go out there and compete against the best every time you're out there. But at the same time, I mean, they, they're trying to get ready for their season, and we're trying to get ready for our season. So no matter who's on the other side of the ball, we're going to go out there and, and do what we, we need to do in order to be ready for that. A great show like you, you did with your decision-making, particularly when it wasn't necessarily something there right away. I mean, I think you threw a ball away. You took a sack in the red zone as opposed to trying to force something. Where do you feel like you're at? Yeah, I mean, it's something you have to keep learning on. I mean, the rest of your career, if you're young or old quarterback, you want to you want to throw touchdowns in every single play, but you have to learn when you have to throw the ball away and when you have to just take the check down. And so for me, I felt like today was a good day of just kind of taking what was there, but at the same time attacking the, the defense. I'm guessing you and the rest of the ones are done for the preseason now. How do you feel about what you got accomplished? Not, not just the, the three games, but the camp as well. Yeah, I feel like as an offense, we built a great chemistry, a great great relationships, and I'm excited for the uh, season going forward. Uh, I talked about it with a, a lot of those guys. Is uh, we've we've been really really good in certain spurts of training camp and and the games, and we just have to put it all together. And I feel like if we can just put all these together, these games that we've had this preseason, we could be a truly special offense. Ready for the regular season? Understanding you still have uh, a few practices left. Yeah, I'm definitely ready to, to get going. I mean, every single week I come in and try to treat it like a regular season game. I try to come in and make, get myself better every single day. And I mean, the regular season is now a couple weeks away. I'm gonna come in every single day the rest of this this uh, preseason and uh, try to get better and be ready for that. Asked about. Um, that connection with Sammy. I know you guys are trying to get connect today, but you also want some of those. It seemed like a couple of your completions were passes that just were a little. Off. And where where are you guys at with that connection? I mean, in terms of you know in the games. I feel I feel like with all the receivers and the tight ends, running backs, we're still building those relationships, building that chemistry. I mean, we we get these reps every single day, and uh, I feel like that we've gotten better and better every single day with them. And uh, as we keep going forward, we're gonna keep practicing and keep working in order to be ready for this regular season. That's Patrick Mahomes uh, finishing his regular. I'm sorry, finishing his preseason up today. 18 of 24 for 196 and a touchdown quarterback rating of 112 and a half. And at one point, Kent, as you pointed out, he was six of six. And at another point, he was eight of eight. Uh, he showed a lot of efficiency today. And I think that's a very good sign. One of the things I was really wanting to look at 
um, during the uh, when I wrote about it actually yesterday on Arrowhead Prize. I just want to see him have a clean game, and he didn't make a lot of critical errors. Actually, he didn't really make any cl- critical errors. He underthrew and threw inside uh, a throw to Sammy Watkins. A uh, little bit of an overthrow to Sammy Watkins down the sideline. But other than that, I mean, he was efficient. He was smart with the football. Um, I think there was a lot of good things to take away from the kid's performance. He looked like a quarterback who's ready for the regular season. Like I, That's one. That's the story of today. Is you come out of today as a Chiefs fan, you say, you know what? I think this offense is ready to go. This defense, they don't look ready at all to go. And, and no matter what... You know, no matter what the overall feeling of those two things is, it's it's just your yin and your yang. I mean, the offense could be good, and the defense is a mystery. Uh, but so I was going to say, I want to get to Justin Houston real quick. He was a little upset after the sack that was a pass interference call. Uh, the three of us stood up in this room when that play was whistled as a, I'm sorry, a roughing the passer call. Excuse me, roughing the passer call. Here was Justin Houston afterwards. I don't know how else you're supposed to hit a quarterback when you got, it's not like you can't, when you're working on beating a tackle, it's not, you You can't just top your brace and just, so it's, we'll be playing flag football after a while. <laughs> Did you guys find yourselves talking about it on the sideline right after? I, I just went to the ref and asked why they called it. So, and they said that he, went, he put his weight on top of him, which he didn't, so. Oh, yeah, I don't know how we're supposed to do that. So I, that's, I'm still trying to figure out the rules before we get started. I think it's crazy. A lot of these rules is they putting in, I understand that you want to keep us safe, but it's a contact sport. And you're trying to take out the contact in it. We know what we signed up for. When we, it's not like no one's making us do this. And you have an option. <laughs> are, you, uh, are you finding yourself doing anything differently because of it? No, I never. I, I, I feel like I always was a clean tackler. I never did anything crazy. So, but just that, that, even with the quarterbacks, though. So, and one guy just asked me, "What you think about if you grab the quarterback?" I said, "If you grab him while you going full speed, it's gonna become you gonna sling him down. And if you sling him down, it's gonna almost look like you body slam. Because if you going full speed, you grab somebody and turn, they're gonna hit the ground harder than you just take them to the ground that way. So." Honestly, I don't know. I hope that they, they back off by the time the season starts because uh, it's going to take a lot of fun out of the game. It's going to be a lot of penalties. It's going to slow the game down. Especially not only the quarterback hits, just all open field tackles. So some of the hits is, is, is ridiculous right now. They're throwing flags for everything. And, and how, how are you feeling physically? And, and We'll cut that off right there. Justin Houston talking about that, that sack that was roughing the passer call. And I said this to you guys earlier. I think I might have said it at halftime or something. If that's going to be the rule, you're going to start to actually lose fans. I know some people will scream from a mountaintop, the ratings are down in the NFL. You're going to lose hardcore football fans. Yeah. If that, if that, because you'll lose the fringe people for their political reasons or whatever. You're going to start losing football fans if that's a penalty. And it's, it's a shame that it happened on that play because I think Tano Passanio has come a long way. And this mm-hmm. was kind of a breakthrough moment for him where finally he had this play that for years people have been wanting to see from him. And it's a shame that it got called back in this rule that I think by the time the regular season rolls around, that particular play won't necessarily be a penalty. I think we're headed for a lot more penalties like that, especially given the committee's meeting last week and deciding that there needed to be no changes to the rule. Again, I think you have to also keep in mind, though, the referees uh, say this before the preseason starts. They call it a little tighter during the preseason just so players can get used to the new emphasis and stuff like that. 
All that being said, yeah, that was pretty ridiculous. When that explanation, when that conversation was being given by Justin Houston right there, Kent, you were shaking your head. Well, it's just last week we saw a murkier translation of that rule get eviscerated on social media by a lot of figureheads in in the media because it it was uh, the Daniel Hunter. I think it was Daniel Hunter had a sack last week where he slightly picked up the quarterback and slammed him to the ground. That was one of the most clean sacks I've ever seen in my entire life. I don't think there is anything about that play that looked illegal, and I just don't understand. I know they're trying to set expectations and, and try to create some level of change and attitude in each play, in the players. I mean, that's literally part of the reason that they're doing it the way they are and being so nitpicky. But if that gets translated the same way and gets interpreted that way in, in the regular season, they have every reason to lose fans. Because I look, I love the NFL. Grew up loving the NFL, talking about it with you guys, covered it for a long time before I came to Kansas City. But if that's gonna be it, then I'm gonna be out. Because that's football. I mean, somebody on the on the text line earlier said it best. If that was the rule, Derek Thomas is not a Hall of Famer. Because it's now touching the quarterback is a penalty. Yeah. I mean, they're good they're going above and beyond for the quarterback, and they're trying to be really proactive now about concussions and CTE issues because you have a lot of players obviously after they retire going through a lot of things now so i think it's a it's a it's an effort to be proactive and it's an effort of course pr wise to look proactive on it and and i think this is the result that you get all right guys uh between now and next thursday final preseason game it'll be against the be against the green bay packers what do you need to see what is it what is a storyline for the next few days that you'll be writing about at arrowheadpride.com i think it's going to be addressing what is they're going to do with this defense because all indications say that the offense is okay. And I, I think we're also going to be looking at the final position battles to watch and looking towards this 53 man roster. Last season around this time, Brett, Brett Veach brought in Cameron Irving and he brought in Reggie Ragland via trades. There's an obvious need at the cornerback position. There's probably a few other needs they need to address. What does he do this year? What does he do in this next couple of weeks? We will find out guys. Thanks so much. Have a good one. Uh, You can read more from Pete and from Kent at arrowheadpride.com. We'll do it again next week. So we'll get you ready for the exciting fourth preseason game between the Kansas City Chiefs. It'll be the Green Bay Packers at Arrowhead. Nobody important expected to play. (laughs) That's going to do it for Pete and for Kent. Thanks to our producer, Chris. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show. Royals coverage is next. This has been the 7th Street Casino Arrowhead Pride postgame show on 610 Sports Radio. The coverage continues with articles, pictures, video, and interviews on arrowheadpride.com and 610sports.com. Line drive.